Sexy boss, Heather Havenwood. Look, our whole world revolves around our iPhone, iPad, Droid. You know, they say we look at our phones on average 150 times a day. And if you're a small business and want to actually grow, you need to reach people where they're looking at and listening the most their smartphones. See, marketing via text messaging is a great way to start, and it's super easy. Just text the word START to 72000 to learn more about my friends at Mobit. They're marketing experts, and they will show you how to use text messaging for your business and to get more leads and convert them amazingly. Again, text the word START to 72000. Again, that's text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 72000. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Thanks for being here. You know, this this podcast is about entrepreneurs in the real world, okay? It's about winning and actually learning to win as an entrepreneur because I know for myself, I have failed a ton of times as an entrepreneur and so I wish I had this podcast like 10 years ago to listen to. So that is why I created this show, everyone. So check it out. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. And today I have a really bad A. I don't have explicit, right, on my iTunes. I can't say ass, but bad A. Oh, I did already. Oops. A bad A on... Uh, Vade on the phone. Chris Mercer, are you on the line with me? I am here. Okay, so what's interesting about Mercer, by the way, his name is Mercer. Okay, his name is Chris Mercer, but just just so you know, I call him Mercer. Everyone calls there's, him Mercer. There's always another Chris in the room, right? There's so Mercer's easier. Like boring. So Mercer. It was really <laughs> funny when I, uh, I've known you for how long? Four or five years at this point? Yeah, at least, yeah. That. I thought your name was Mercer. Like, <laughs> it was Mercer. <laughs> That's how you know it's working. Right, it is. Like, it's, it's all about the brand. Branding. <laughs> it's a great brand. So I've known Chris for a long time through the Internet Marketing Party here in Austin, Texas. If you ever in you know in Austin, come check us out. It's was it third Thursday of the month? I think it just kind of depends. So mm-hmm. yeah, check out InternetMarketingParty.com has the details of it. Yeah, so. go check it out. And there's always people flying in from all over the world or wherever. Like just hey, I'm hanging out, and they're entrepreneurs, and we hang out, and we have a cocktail, and we always listen to someone really amazing person that David Gonzalez puts together. That's how I know Mercer's let you know, but I'm telling you who he really is. He typically goes by Mercer. He's a co-owner of Seriously Simple Marketing. He's a Siley, how did I say Siley? He's a highly sought after analytics and conversion expert that specializes in helping top digital marketers track, split test, and optimize their existing sales funnels to improve bottom line revenue. Okay, what the heck did I just say? Um, what, what did I just say? Explain that in like 
kindergarten terms. So let's translate that. So yeah. yeah, basically what we'll do is for online entrepreneurs, we'll go to their websites, we'll help them set up the tracking on their website so they can see all the different pages that are being viewed and the buttons that are being clicked and what their opt-in rates are and all that fun stuff. And then once you sort of have all of your measurements and you know what your opt-in rates are and who's going from page one to page two and how they're working through the funnel, then we'll actually go through and work on optimizing that, which essentially is just, okay, if you've got a 30% conversion rate, how do we get that to a 35% or a 40% conversion rate and just sort of optimize the results? Awesome. Okay, that makes sense. So guys, basically what they do is people come to your website like a store and they help you convert it and make it more money. Is that better? Was that That's exactly right. Okay. I love that. Simplicity. Simplicity. And I have to say, so what Mercer is really good at, what you're great at, Mercer, is that you are an amazing teacher. I've told you this before. I think you're so great because you taught me, you know, Google Tag Manager, something that's it's really designed for the geek. You know, it doesn't really make logical sense. It doesn't, I don't think. Now I get it, but it doesn't make logical sense. You don't walk in Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager like at all. Oh, this makes sense. It it doesn't. It's like a particular way to think. And you have this great way of like dumbing it down, which I think is amazing. So I just want to say thank you for dumbing it down for me. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. Yeah, tools like that, they're, they're, they're incredible at what they do, but they're made by Google and Google's got this googly interface to it. So it doesn't have quite the intuitive feel of like an Apple product, right? So you can kind of walk in and you, and you don't realize uh, like with something like analytics, like you're walking into a database that's basically got this cover over top of it mm-hmm. that will help you, you know, like some charts and diagrams, but you're, it's not going to tell you like, oh, go do this on your site now. And uh, it takes a little bit of a tour guide approach to go through it and get the data you need, but it's all in there, which is Mercer, the good. the tour guide. That's kind of hot, actually. You should probably analytics tour guide. The analytics tour guide. <laughs> it's the new brand. Okay, I like please it. Please brand that and give me some money for it. Okay, so the cool thing about you, I have to say, is that when we when we uh, had a four like our dinner when last time we had dinner was like four or five hours. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, <laughs> it was, was like, great. It was awesome. I had a it was great awesome. time. Yep. Um, but here's what I learned about you: you're not just an analytics geek, because I really thought you were just this analytical geek dude, but you're not. <laughs> You're not like you're like oh yeah I went to Texas A&M which is awesome which I didn't even know that about you and we're here in Austin Texas and you know woo Texas A&M right and I'm like oh he's awesome so I thought you were this total geek dude going to college no you owned a bar and like a newspaper or something. I did okay but you do realize that's weird right oh yeah I go to college and I own the bar and like, I own the newspaper <laughs> was, you know that's weird right it was, Tell good, me. it was good times yeah I mean it definitely wasn't what everybody was doing in the college like, days what are you doing on Saturday night exactly I like I was, I, I, was, I was working at the bar that I just I happened to own which was great but uh, it was work, you know. It Actually, work. it's it's funny because there was there was a dark side to that that I didn't realize would be there. Because when I first was doing it, it's like, oh, you start a business and you get, you know, we had started um, an entertainment guide that was a monthly entertainment guide. It wasn't just like I showed up and, and had these businesses. We had this monthly entertainment guide and then with sales growing, it moved into a weekly entertainment guide. And so we were distributing all across uh, Brian Call Station weekly. And then from there, I had some funds where we could uh, move into the bar and um, I had an opportunity to buy that. So we did. And when the, the, the cool part about that was owning a bar, right? I was like 20, 
who was early 20s. You know, I don't remember you got the, exact the ladies, age. right? You it know, was. It you was, got the ladies. I mean, look, think about it. You have some guy like, hey, can I buy you a beer? Versus like, yeah, like I own that beer. I'll, like, I'll, I, own I own the beer. Restaurant. It comes from. Right. And the girl's like, let's see, him or. You know, I, I wish it was that glamorous because and part of it is just because I've probably got inside my own head an awful lot as entrepreneurs do because you're always like, oh, I want to you know build this bigger and better and whatever else. And I remember, I remember there was a time where somebody's like, you just need to chill out and relax. And I'm like, okay, what do I do to relax? Because if I go to a bar, somebody else's bar, I guarantee you my brain's going to be like, okay, what are those drink specials? Do they have something I don't have? How are the lights set up? How, is there a mic system different than mine? You know, what, what are they doing on the promotions and specials? If I open up like some sort of entertainment rag of some sort, I'm going to be looking at the ads, who's advertising, you know, and what their budgets are. It was constant. And I just, I, I literally built this like business that uh, ended up like trapping me in itself, believe it or not. That and I makes- totally got stressed out. Oh my God, I got so stressed out. So what do you do when you're a bar owner, entertainment guide and a college student to relax? That's a great question. You know, it is a great question. And I never found the answer to that. Um, what I what I ended up doing, mm-hmm. because, and part of this was because this is like the, the, you know, oh, everything comes so easy in life fallacy. You know, when you first start out in life and you have some easy wins, it's almost one of the worst things that can happen. Um, but I, you know, I was early 20s and I had some struggle, but it, I wouldn't say something that I would speak on stage about. Like, it was like, hey, I tried some stuff and it was working. Like, it was great. Um, but... I decided because I pushed myself as I get further down this path, I sort of trap myself in like, oh my gosh, like I'm a victim of my own success. I can't necessarily leave and stop all of these different things because I was intimately involved with all of them. So I didn't put systems in place and hadn't quite learned that lesson yet. And at the same time, it was doing something where I really enjoyed it, but it was stressing the crap out of me. Mm. And so uh, what I ended up doing was saying, okay, I'm gonna have a conversation with myself. This is really where I want to be. I want to see mountains in the world. You know, I want to, I want to see other things. College Station is great, but it's very flat, you know? Okay, and, hold on uh, a second. College Station, it, it, the only thing there is College Station. <laughs> it's, Just so you there know, are there's some really great there. parts about BCS, about Brian College Station. There are some really okay, great name one. But, but I needed to move on. Other than football. Other than football. Whoop. No, that's, there, that, no let's, let's be honest here. So entrepreneurship, I think it's great. And I think you're right. You said something. I think every entrepreneur always has that story, their first job or their first, their first company, you know, their first thing. And they get, if they do get successful in it, I think it's the worst thing to happen to them. And I mean that because then they think, Oh, look at me. Okay. I can do it again. You know, and it's actually the worst thing to happen versus like a lot of challenges and being able to kind of move through that. Um, But I just think it's interesting that you're here in College Station and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a college student. Yeah, I own a bar. Yeah, I own entertainment. Like, you just. Everyone else it, like wait, waiting jobs, and you're just yeah, I go to cut. yeah. It was it was cool, and I had a, I had a, a friend of mine who owns some uh, a series of furniture stores down there, and he came to me one day, and he was like, you know, he's like, you need to be in a bigger pond. He's like, doing what you do, you shouldn't do it here, which was nothing against the BCS area. He's like, this is just too small of an arena. Like, you should be out there doing something other stuff, and that's when I was started looking at uh, places like I ended up moving to Portland. Um, and and you kind of answer the question of like how do you relax? <laughs> you shut everything down. I gave away everything I owned and I drove to Portland with this theory in back of my head that I would be able to if I was really this good, I would rebuild my life again. If like if I if I figured out the secret, I would rebuild. And okay, I was so like, well, let's put it to the test. Over the mindset of that because talking about the win, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here you are, and you're like, I'm going to be able to be the the ability to shut something down, or I call the breakup of a business, right? The break yep. it up or break up the relationship, and then be able to say, I'm confident in myself that I can literally move anywhere and rebuild. That is so 
awesome. Did you just like come out of the womb like that? Like, how did that happen? You know, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know that I did. I think um, my parents had, my parents were very different people. Uh, my dad was the corporate America kind of guy. Like, hey, you go to school, you get your degree and you're going to stay with, you know, this company for 50 years. And that's sort of how he was raised. And at the time, um, that's what he was going through. That was his version of reality, right? For him, that was true. And uh, my mom was sort of that serial entrepreneur. And, you know, she had started a cleaning company. She uh, sold vacuum cleaners door to door. Like it was that she was that type of person always willing to try new things. And so I had these completely different versions of what life could be. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I sort of kind of went with both a little bit in that I wanted to do this kind of stay consistent as much as I could and get the structure that corporate America would have. But I really liked the entrepreneurial uh, ability to create your own systems and, you know, play in this world. And so all the all the if I've had jobs, all the jobs I've ever had have been where there have been some sort of flexibility. where I've got to control. And uh, if it didn't work out, it's because I didn't get control. And, right, control uh, you know, that's what entrepreneurs are about, right? Yeah, that, absolutely. But you talked about you have, you had parents. One was corporate and one was, I mean, a salesperson. It sounds like an entrepreneurship. The fact that she did vacuum sales, cleaning business, she's truly entrepreneur. So where do you fall in that little realm? Because that's like left, right, huge swing there. Where do you fall in now? And where do you, you know, where do you fall in now? What do you think? Yeah, like I, I'm definitely the entrepreneur. Um, and, and I enjoy enjoy that. That's my arena. That's the place I like to, that's where I grew up. That's where I like to live and stay. Um, I've you done have both. You structure though. though. I mean, Oh yeah. You're that's, very that's, structured. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think I got from the corporate stuff. Cause I tried the corporate stuff. I mean, you know, it, it's funny, but like the, the, one of my favorite jokes in, in the entrepreneurial world is, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, it's be, it's awesome. Cause you get to pick, you, know, you get to work half days, right? You pick any 12 hours you want. Um, and, and that's so true in the entrepreneurial world. You know, a half day is not like, Oh, I get to work half days. It's like, yeah, I'm working 12 hours today and I'm working three times as hard as I ever worked for anybody else, but I'm going to do it my own, right? It's right. me. It's my thing. I went to bed last night at 3.30 a.m. Right, We're talking right. at one o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah, I've had all kinds of sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like that's this, and, and we still do this. It's like we're psychotic, but but you know, we get something from this. And there's just a, a certain type of person that uh, is attracted, I think, to that. Yeah. Um, and the way to the way to relax. I remember I got a. I actually. How uh, do you I, relax? Let's so ask my question. How do you relax? Here's how. Here's how I did it when I when I first shut down the stuff. And, and this is just to answer that initial question as far as like the structure and everything. Is I actually got a job. And so I, after I okay, shut down on, everything, I moved to Portland. Stop. Hold on. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Ink. All right, so Mercer just said, to relax, I got a job. <laughs> I just want to put that in yeah. perspective actually, for a minute. Actually, because that, I actually that I hear it like fully that. understand that. Like I remember a couple years ago, I got a corporate job, and I found it, oh, there you go. I found it interesting that I could go home at five. That was fascinating I to me. I absolutely agree. They were like, you know, you've been here already like 45, 50 hours. It's starting to get overtime. You might, you know, we need you to, and I'm like, what? Like, I, I'm being forced to go home? Like, I would never what do, do that to do? myself. What do I do when I go <laughs> home? It is so true. It is so true. And and I got I got involved in some pretty big companies um, back in the day because I, I came in through the mortgage um, craze when that was going on. And at one point, I was with a really large uh, mortgage company that was sponsoring the Super Bowl, literally sponsoring the Super Bowl one year, and the next year they were out of business. And it was just like, I had, I had reached this regional status, you know, I was running across 10 different states um, helping out with things. And it, I, at the time, I was like, cool, I've climbed far enough in the levels where I can't be affected and now I've got this, you know, my dad was right, maybe it is the security in the corporate America and blah, blah, blah. And even that, right, wasn't good enough. And I'm like, you know what, there is no security. The security is me. 
I'm the security. I'm the one who determines where I'm paddling in this river, and I determine what river I'm going to paddle in. And that's what kind of pushed me back into uh, the, the entrepreneurship thing. Something angle. that happened, because I had the same thing, except... I had it that, oh, yeah, this is great. Corporate life is so secure. And then one day I got fired when I was like literally the top sales. And it like it kind of had this. Can I say this word? Bitch slap feel like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That come from. (laughs) What? You know, so is there something that happened? You just like kind of wake up one day and go, you know, here we are. I mean, what was that? How did you get to that? Well, for, for me, it was because the company literally shut down. Um, oh, the there company was the, shut down. I yeah, the entire that. company closed its doors. So, like, that, tens of thousands of people gone, right? Um, and it, this happened a lot with a lot of mortgage companies. So I, I certainly wasn't wasn't unique um, in that arena. But it definitely does a sting of, like, here oh, we man. go, 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 go. And then you think, I future, future, future. And then all of a sudden, literally, there's this big brick wall one day. Boom, your future's like, you know, that's yeah. the feeling. That's what I got. When you're yeah. just going right. Okay, so that's yeah. how that happened. You're like, forget this. I'm my own paddle. I'm on the river yeah. by myself. Yeah, I mean, because really, at the end of the day, that's the only security you have is you. But it's the most secure. Like, I, I could be dropped in the middle of a desert. You're the exact same way I know. You can be dropped in the middle of a desert with no resources at all. We will figure out how to sell something to somebody and make a living, right? Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. We have that ability to build our own destiny, and to me, that's, that helps, especially with entrepreneurship, because there's an element of risk that's involved with this, right? Mm-hmm. So that helps mitigate a lot of that, because I'm like, oh, you know, if, what if it doesn't work out? Well, then it won't work out, and I'll figure out another way to make it work. Like, that's just my instant answer to all of that. Um, and chances are stuff, you know, most of the time they, they work out. Sometimes they don't, for sure. Um, but that's just the nature of the game, and you Would just you figure out Would you say that you're a driver a dr- like a dr- people t- tell me all the time how hey, you're such a driver and I'm I, I didn't sound like I woke up one day like I'm a driver it's just because it's like what you said if you drop me somewhere I'm gonna sell something because it's that drive I just I'm a well I'll figure it out let's do this let's just get in there and figure it out I guess that's driven I'm assuming does anyone ever told you that you're very driven Chris yeah oh yeah yeah you have Definitely. okay so yep. we're in the same boat good we're in the same boat together yeah, yeah absolutely driven. and I told the guy I was like look well I'm not gonna apologize for being for driving because I also know that any I kind of have I don't know maybe this is entrepreneur in me I know that like any moment now shit could fall away you know, like the, yep. the, anything could happen in the in entrepreneurship world and it's always this things are changing things are altering things are whatever so you have to constantly be up 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 on it and alive and present and i guess we'll call that driven i don't think that's driven i think it's being like smart it, it is like for me that's just like how else would you be right? right like you you have to keep moving forward and you have to sort of never be satisfied and there's there's an element like i, I get told um uh, like on these personality profiles, you know, one of the first things that'll come back is like, oh, you're very ego driven. I'm like, damn right, I'm ego driven. Like, I, you have to be. How could you go out into the world and put, because this is the most vulnerable, from a, I think almost a personal standpoint, let alone business, this is, entrepreneurship is the most vulnerable you can be mm-hmm. to the world and say, look, I've created this. This is entirely me. I'm taking a complete responsibility. Here's what we need. Here are the steps you should take in my business, or here's the things, here's why you should buy them, or whatever else that you're doing. You have to have that element of ego to withstand the rejection the massive rejection that will inevitably come your way and that ego protects you from seeing that rejection like you just kind of like okay cool they want it someone else so what so what next moving on right and you just and you just continue to build your business and that's what people see is the that driven mentality um and i guess in a way like i said for me it's just being too um obstinate to to sit down and have a conversation with rejection 
Like, I don't, I don't have time for it. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to move forward and just keep doing my stuff. And if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to sit here and worry about it. I'm just going to, okay, it didn't work out. Let's figure out something that does. So what's interesting about that, I'm listening to you, and I... I heard on the radio the other day, I listened to like talk radio in the background, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy calls into this show and says, you know, Trump is so narcissistic. And he goes on his spiel. And I thought to myself, you've never been an entrepreneur. Like, you've got to be narcissistic. You know, like there's yeah. an element of, but what you're, I mean, the word narcissistic has a particular meaning. But what you're talking about, it's, you have to have that confidence to go out there. I mean, think about doing real estate in freaking New York. Are you kidding me? Like, right. how many challenges just to put up a building? Oh my God. Like, it's just out of control. Most people would stop at the first inch, much less go down 10 miles. So you have to have that resilience. To it, I don't think I don't think it's narcissism. I think it's an amazing ability to be resilient and not let the negative affect you. Hear the negative, potentially maybe look at his feedback and then move forward. Yeah, and you know it's funny you say feedback. That's exactly how I classify that. Like everything's feedback, positive or negative, because just as easily you can get uh, get caught up in your own success, right? And I've talked to a lot of people who are successful and they don't know why they are successful. They just and those are the easy wins sometimes. Like sometimes you are right place, right time. And that's great. And that's awesome. But do not think that's the rule, right? If you don't know exactly what you did to get to that position, you can't replicate it. You don't have a formula. You were just lucky, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Great stuff. I'm lucky in the past, right? I'm hopefully lucky in the future, but I don't count. That's not my strategy, right? That's just like, oh, cool. Added bonus. I happen to be lucky when I did this plan that I had. So and what it, is your better. strategy now? Because you've gone through, we were talking about earlier, we have a condenser mic. He knew what a condenser mic was. And <laughs> I didn't even know that you've had a background in voiceover work, which cracks me up something else you did, yeah. um, which is great. So what is your, what, like, what is your plan now? If you feel like a planning guy, like I'm pretty sure you got a plan. So what is the plan now? Yeah. So for me, it's stages. I mean, right now we've built this agency. So we've got the analytics and optimization agency and um, we've got a really, really good team that I'm, I'm pretty happy with. And, and they're hundred percent distributed. So I, I, at one point we're thinking like, do we go the whole office route and, you know, build this into the multi-million dollar, whatever. And I, I personally don't want to do that um, for my own benefit. Like I don't want to have a commute. I don't want to uh, sort of be beholden to myself again. I don't want to build that business that traps me in it uh, as I did before, right, in my 20s. And so now it's, okay, we've got this, it's working. Let's make sure that we put a lot of operations and standard operating procedures and um, make sure everybody knows how to run this. I'm, I pull myself out of some of the day-to-day stuff, not all of it by any means. I still do a lot of the business development and um, getting on new clients for the, for the trainings. But um, having other people fulfill at this point has been huge for me to be able to mm-hmm. f- kind of free up my time. And now that I've got this freed up time and I've got a, a business that's essentially generating assets, uh, I've got this, uh, you know, I've got assets now, really. It's just the first, like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, this, this, is, this is supposed no, to be me, what it's doing, let right? Let me stop you for a second because there is a moment when the entrepreneur goes from technician to actually business owner. It's yeah. like a phase. And you've learned the technician part. What I mean by that is like you're the one in it all the time. You're yeah. the one making the pies as Emith talked about. All right. And then you've been able to, you've because of your businesses in your 20s, you understand the importance of actually being a business owner and not the technician. And you've mentally made that shift and then you're structurally making that shift. And that is how you actually win in business. And so I think it's cute when you say you have assets because there is also the next phase when the business owner goes, I have assets. 
<laughs> it is. It's like, wow, it, it worked just like the brochure said it would. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> that book I read 20 years ago, they're right. I now understand. Yeah. Oh, you know, book. that's pretty interesting. I mean, you've got to really take it in that moment because that's probably phase three at that point, right? When yep. you get, when a business owner goes, I have an, versus like, I make money in my business. And I'm like, I have an asset. Yep. It gets a whole nother phase. So what is it like? What is it like over there, entrepreneur, to have assets as a business owner? Yeah, it's it's a good feeling, I have to say. I mean, it's 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 definitely not to the point where I could just walk away, go travel a year, come back, and then here's my bank account. Because eventually, you know, you still need, I'm still involved somewhat. So I definitely sure. want to paint it like that. But I'm on my way to having these systems where I'm not having to be involved as much, like you said, the technician, right? I'm not working as on the same stuff that I was before. And so I can work at a higher level, more strategic level, as everybody else is helping with fulfillment and structure and ultimately maybe teach them some strategy so I can offload even more of that. But as I'm doing that, I'm looking around at other opportunities kind of going, okay, well, I've created this little asset. What if I could create another one? Mm-hmm. And what would that look like? And that's, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm at this point in my life, I'm literally in this wide open investigation stage where I'm like, oh, this is maybe a juice bar franchise, or what does it look like to do, you know, uh, buying a website and, and and that's already in there, but I could optimize it. Right, that's what we do, right? So uh, I could go buy an existing property and then maybe flip it around and and fix it and then resell or any other countless things that are out there as an entrepreneur. So I'm in that stage again where. I kind of want to figure out like, okay, what's my next step? I'm not really sure. Let's investigate everything, see what's out there. And at the same time, I'm learning, uh, I'm making my own personal journey now to really dig into finances. And I'm, and I'm a real, I mean, you know, I'm a numbers guy, right? I'm, I'm very comfortable with numbers, but I'm definitely not the financial expert. And with all of the things that are out there and available in terms of uh, financial vehicles that you can use as an entrepreneur um, and, and modeling what some of the, some of the other families have done right over the generations and kind of looking back, like, hmm, how could I apply that? Like, that's what I'm in in now. So I'm looking at these different opportunities to create more assets. I mean, it's like I did it once and I'm like, hmm, if I could do it again and again and again, I have 15 or 20 of these things, that would be awesome. And at the same time, what am I going to do with that? As all of those are producing additional capital, what do I do with that? And so I want to get smarter about my finances and the money. And, and again, it's not about savings or like it's investing in this mutual fund. It's sure. beyond that. Um, and that's so, that's what I'm really excited about, too. This is a great conversation. We don't talk about it a lot because... Financial planners, there's one aspect like saving and, you know, I don't know. I was actually one in one of my old lives, you know, 21, 22 years old. I actually worked for America Express Financial Advisors. And here I am. I'm like 22. Don't know jack about jack. And I'm, you know, over here, like. Um, talking to people in their 50s about their retirement. I'm like, come on. Like, what? Right, right. Really? I don't yeah. understand. And all it is is product selling. That's what I learned. It's like, it all is, all it is is like, you learn the products, literally, like, like a, like a hamburger and then you figure out where they're at and where they need to go and then you sell them the product. That's, that's financial advising. There you go. That's the whole thing. And so I did that for about two years. And of course, they wanted to turn me into a financial advisor. I was just like an assistant. And when I realized that, it kind of like made me mad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. really? This is all. So anyway, so let's talk about how you can become a Rockefeller. And you're actually, here's what you're doing. You're actually taking the current structure of the United States of America that we were built on entrepreneurship and it was designed for capitalism. Yes, people, not socialism. Capitalism for us to make money and then use the current tax structure to make more money and leverage it. And nothing's wrong with that. You're not evil. You're called smart. 
So um, I just want to put that out there because a lot of people are like, oh, that's so horrible that they, they take advantage of the tax codes. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's what the design's for. And and I just have to say this one one thing is that, talking about the Rockefeller, there is a book out there, The Rockefeller Habits. Um, but there is a book that I actually read while I was going through my bankruptcy. So here I am, right? Had this great business. It's taken away from me. I'm literally being, I, I, I got to go through bankruptcy. And uh, it's one of those moments of like, that I'm smart. This should never happen to me. That's what was going on. Total ego. Yeah. And I remember reading a book. I wrote this book and I can't remember the, the title. I can't even remember the author. Somehow one of those moments just landed in my lap and it was about bankruptcy. It was kind of like this book, probably just right into me talking about how bankruptcy, the, 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 the law, it's a law, it's a, it's a tax law, really, right, about bankruptcy was designed, it was put into place for entrepreneurs. Like, it was designed for the country to be a capitalist society such that we can create something knowing that the potential could fail and then our lives are not ruined. Like, in other countries, if you go in debt, like, you could go to prison, no kidding. So it was designed for us. It was like this gift. No kidding. So when I read this book, it was like this weird moment of like, hey, you know, you're now in like the big leaks because you went bankrupt and you actually have been given this gift in the United States of America to be able to say, yes, I did this. I failed and I moved to move on. So um, yeah. it's like this little gift. Right. And so when right now people are talking negatively about Trump, how he went through bankruptcy, I'm like, it's because it's a gift, you know, that you, when you go through something like that, it's this weird kind of gift that we're given the capitalist society that we're in. So let's talk about how you can become a Rockefeller and how you're moving to that new space um, as a business owner. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest change when I was kind of going through that was like they, their, their example was the Rockefellers versus the Vanderbilts, right? And it was like, okay, Van, both incredible families in the early century made a ton and had all these assets from, a, from, a, from the original creators of that capital. And then you look at 100 years later and there's really no Vanderbilts anymore that are uh, have that wealth. That wealth has all been, that's all gone. And that typically is what happens. That's sort of the rule. Like after two or three generations, all, whatever the original wealth is, has been flittered away, which kind of makes sense from a system standpoint because whatever was used to create the wealth is not what's been used to maintain it. And so it, it's, you know, they're just consuming it. That's all they know how to do. And so they do it and they do it really well and they get better and better at it as they uh, go on, which is why it goes away. But with the Rockefellers, it seemed like they had had more of a, okay, that we're going to create this structure. We've got this entity. There's something we're going to create this family bank uh, that they essentially did. Uh, what is it? Cash flow banking, um, I think is the term. But um, the, the going through and actually uh, organizing their finances so that they could help each other climb their own ladders. And at the same time, this is the part I really love. Uh, if you were a Rockefeller who would be abusive to the system, like just take the money and not pay it back to the family and flitter it away or whatever else, then you couldn't come back. Like you couldn't come back to the trough and get more money. You were just, okay, you're out. But if you did pay it back, you got leveled up and you could have access to more capital now for bigger ventures because you proved yourself. And I personally like that structure of having, having a filter put in place where it keeps people from, you know, just flittering away a, a generations for the wealth. And then not that I'm saying I've got the assets of a Rockefeller yet, uh, but that's. And I'm the, your friend. The, Hello. Right, I'm the right. friend of Mercer. I just want to put that out there that if when he becomes Mercer Rockefeller, 
I'm his first friend. I'm just the, the, the Mercer method. There we go. Exactly. That's what they'll call it. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it really. I mean, I just I just want to take the lessons from it and and generate to some to a, you know probably a, a smaller scale. Yeah. Um, what they did and just the mindset of that and thinking about it, like how do we how do we keep this for generations and that helps. I just from a mental standpoint when I'm looking at the world, yeah. I'm not thinking about it in terms of tomorrow or this afternoon. I'm thinking about it in terms of generations. Going okay, well, how do I prove an asset that will be around for a long time? And I don't. And a lot of people to. I think long time is retirement. Like, oh, how do I get to retirement? And I'm like, okay, how do I get to like, you know, three generations, three generations and their retirement. And, but they're still generating value to the world. right? Right. As opposed to, oh, well, they're just, you know, living off the interest in a bank account. You could just create a Clinton foundation. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was mean. I'm sorry. But actually, uh, speaking of a rule, the tax code. So in the world of foundations, that's actually a great way to build wealth, believe it or not. You know, um, I remember one time I was in a, a ski, skiing in Tahoe and uh, we're on this, this, uh, the lift, right? And there's this gorgeous house. I'm like, oh my God, stunning, right? It's on the mountain. Like, who who actually builds on the mountain? Like, it's literally in the middle of everything. And I thought to myself, how did that happen? You know? Yeah. And uh, there are people outside of it and they look like they were really wealthy. And so I asked the guy next to me who kind of lives in the area, he goes, oh, those, that's the Hunts family. And I'm like, Hunts? He's like, you know. Oh, like Hunts. the ketchup. Like ketchup. The ketchup you know? empire. Like, the tomato empire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, those huge money huge money right so i'm like oh well, that's why they have a house on the mountain right it's not even mm-hmm. it's not on the side it's like oh we'll just you know do the helicopter <laughs> so um talk about something that's really interesting like those that kind of level of money is what you're talking about because the reality is they all had to start somewhere and they had a particular mindset for future like that and most yep. of them don't just oh look at that i'm in eight hundred million dollars um that's not how it usually goes. They really have to strategize and think about it. And just go back to Trump for just a second. He talked about before how his dad give, did give him a million dollars. But how many people, you know, either in lottery or just maybe probably heard about it, were given a million dollars or even $400,000 and they lost it all in, on a business? The guy turned a million into a hundred million. That's some great odds, you know. That's, I mean, yeah. what what are the odds of that in Vegas? Hey, I'm gonna give you a million. <laughs> Bring you back a hundred. Sure, no exactly. Yeah. I mean, you think about giving a million and turned it into a hundred million. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive in the world of entrepreneurship and ROI over a period of time. It's really impressive. Yeah, and I think I think for me that it's the it's this mindset. And I don't know who yeah. the quote was. I think it was Einstein, but it was like you know the level of thinking that that brought you to where you are is not what's going to get you to the next stage. You have mm-hmm. to level up your thinking, and that's why I'm kind of mm-hmm. studying this stuff now. And again, not an expert at all. Very beginning, baby stages of this whole world. But now I know this world is there. Mm-hmm. I know these things exist. I see how other people are using them, and just to know that has changed the way I look at the world. So that now I can create something bigger and better for my own for my own experience of it, right? Where are you learning this? Because it's not something you find in the New York Times. No, that's a, that's a great question. So um, Garrett Gunderson is a guy who wrote uh, Killing Sacred Cows, uh, mm-hmm. financial uh, financial guy. And Garrett. he has this, yeah, so his site, Wealth Factory, yeah. is uh, where I'm picking up a lot of stuff right now. Um, so I, I purchased oh. a couple of their programs to get to kind of get into it, just the beginner stages of, no, I'm not spending thousands, but it's like I'm looking into it going, okay, what is this? And going, wow, this is interesting. I didn't know this was a thing. How does this work? And they explain everything. And, you know, um, it's it's been 
absolutely worth uh, the investment in both time and money for me just to know that this is a thing right. and that these, you know, and, and to think about like, well, how would I do that? And now again, I'm, 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 because my thinking, my thinking is different. Like, and the best part about it is you can't go back. Like I can't unthink like, these thoughts I've already thought about. I can't unlearn these mm-hmm. because now I know this is there. And so now I, I look at in January, I wasn't looking at my business as a potential asset. Right. I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna build the business and build the business and because I was too in it. And now because I've studied all of this, I've I'm I've lifted myself I have for, I've had to in order to actually understand and be able to think like this, I had to lift myself up and look at it and go, okay, well that's just a potential asset. What other things can I do that's a potential asset? And then, you know, again, your thinking changes. Now who knows if that's gonna work or if this will just be like, oh, this is right before I completely blew up my entire life and had to start over again. Like who knows, right? But either way, I'll figure it out and move forward. Like you know, well, when you change your thinking, when you change your thinking, your path changes. It's yeah. what you think about, you know, does change everything. That I'm actually really surprised. So what happened in January? What was the trigger that said, like, let's let's look at this differently? Because I'm sure, I know, here's what I know. It wasn't at the Internet Marketing Party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we drink beer and, like, hang out and, like, yeah, you made a million. It's cool. You know, so, um, but I love those guys. I'm but it is them. a good time. That it is, is a good time. No, I love them. I, I give them a hard time. But I know we weren't talking about that there. You, you know what it, what it was? What there was, was an it? event. There's an event called um, Baby Bathwater that Michael Lovich and Hollis yeah. Carter put on. And I met Garrett there. Um, at the okay. first one they did in March. And that was my first introduction to like, oh, here's this stuff, right? Um, as, as really, really having another conversation. Like I've heard about this, um, but I wasn't a part of it yet. And then when I was at Baby Bathwater, at least I wasn't in a position to, to really hear it. You know, it's like, okay, well, I'm not making any money at all. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come back to that later. Well, now I'm in this position where I am making money. And now I, I just happen to meet Garrett at this conference and um, kind of listen to some of the stuff he was talking about. And he's like, and I was like, you know, how do I, you know, even simple stuff. My wife's from Japan. So I was like, well, let's go. How do I make, like, I would love, to, I was just joking. I was like, I would love to make Japan like a business expense. He's like, oh, we'll just go have your corporate meeting there. And I'm like, wow, like that's so simple and brilliant and possible. Because mm. that's just what you do. Like this, these are the, and I just didn't think about it like that, you know. And I'm not surrounding myself at the time. wasn't surrounding myself with people who did think like that. And this isn't a, an abuse of a, of a no, power. This no, is what. This is the rules. And this to, is the to rules. Yeah, this right. is the rules. And and you shouldn't be ignorant of the rules. Now you can yeah. choose to not go through that entire rule right. if you don't want to. But that's you know that's that's a choice. It's not. But that's not how you win. I mean, that's not right. how you win in entrepreneurship. It is a new set of rules. It's not take home a W-2 and then put it yeah. in and then $100 a month to your IRA. And the it point is, is not to handicap rules. yourself, right? And, right. If you, and if you don't if you don't go, if you don't use the rule to the, to the extent that it was, that it's there for you, you're choosing to handicap yourself instead. And you're choosing to limit yourself, which is fine. Just be aware that you're doing that. So if you can do this and you choose not to, just be aware that you're causing, like you're making that decision and you're going to limit it. You're going to make things harder for yourself, which is totally cool. As long as you realize you're doing that, take responsibility for it. But don't, that's kind of to your point earlier, you wouldn't blame somebody else who is taking, you know, the quote unquote taking advantage. They're not taking advantage. They're just actually using the rule. Like you said, as it was intended to be used. the rule. And so they're using the rule as it's designed. And these rules can get complicated. So this is where, you know, talk to a tax professional. Don't listen to a podcast and be like, oh, I'm going to go to Japan. And, you know, like talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Uh, Let's talk about that for just a second, because that's a really key piece. I, I agree with you. You know, don't take financial advice right now and go go to Japan for a business meeting. However, when you when, when you understand the concepts of the rules, then you can hire 
and you can be more aware when you hire a, a tax attorney or a CPA or whoever you need, right? Yep. You can hire the best professionals because you can come from a place of understanding and making sure that they have read the rules. I can't tell you how many CPAs, because they know CPA code, doesn't mean that they understand it for business owners. Right. It's very different. And so when you become more educated, it's like an educated consumer. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to know everything about boats, but if you go out there and learn a little bit, when you go to the store to buy one, at least you kind of understand, oh, well, that, this versus that. You have some kind of comparison to it. I mean, shop is consumer. It's really consumer. Um, But at the same time, this is about your wealth. And, um, you know, I've been, (laughs) I'm laughing because I listen to Fox Business all the time, Fox Business News, and I'm starting to get, I really think if my parents actually spent time with me when I was younger and really asked me a lot of questions about what I wanted to do, I probably would be in Wall, on Wall Street because that just looks so exciting to me to be on the floor and like yelling and screaming all the time. <laughs> I think I would have done really well. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But I, hear, I, think I, I hear it's very quiet nowadays. It's all Yes, it's all, it is kind of quiet. But still, there's a lot of yelling and screaming like, go, go, go. I can, I can see the addiction to it. You know what I mean? I can see yeah. the addiction to the drive, um, but the real smart puppies, the real smart puppies are the ones that understand what I call the other rules. You know, the the, the rules of the wealthy, basically. The rules of the wealthy. Um, we were talking about this. I, sent, I, sent, I think I sent Junko, your wife, the book about Be Your Own Banker. Mm-hmm. There's a book mm-hmm. called Be yep. Your Own Banker, and yep. Don and I are going through it right now. I'm going through it. The concept's kind of interesting, but it's actually the particular concept that um, – oh, God, I'm going blank on his name. The billionaire dude from Iowa. Why am I going blank on his oh, name? Oh, Buffett. Warren Buffett. Yeah, that guy, dude. Yep. Yeah. You know, you know, whatever. A few people have heard of him. That's fine. <laughs> Loser. Just kidding. So <laughs> Buffett, that's what he does. Like, it's be your own banker, and it's completely legit. It's completely um, – but if you mentioned that to the common person, they'd be like, that's illegal or you can't do that, you know. So it's understanding the current rules because I promise you they're not out there on Fox Business News being talked about. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not. Or CNBC. They're just not. You yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, Buff- Buffett's an interesting character, too, because I think he's on the – I, I – probably more financially like him in terms of the way he looks at things like he's like you know it's kind of unfair that i pay less taxes than my secretary does right from the from the tax code but you notice that he pays less taxes than his secretary does he didn't decide to pay more taxes because he you know like he paid less taxes because that's the current system he doesn't think it's right and that's totally cool if he wants to change it but he still paid attention to the rules right and he still used the rules that were laid out in front of him said wow this game's you know kind of not where i would want it to be, but I'm going to, he played it and he paid less, you know, less taxes than the secretary. Um, don't quote me exactly on that, but I think it was a story around that, but I mean, it was, it was interesting. This whole thing, I mean, just going to wrap it up because I want to wrap it up on this, but the whole thing that I hear, and I want want to get your take on this wrapping Mm -hmm. it up is that when you're an entrepreneur, you got to learn more than just one game. So you, you've really mastered analytics and, um, Google tag manager and Google. I mean, all those pieces of the pie in the world of Google analytics, you've mastered that. You really are. You're a master. But that you can't stop there. You know, right. you're a great technician, but you now had to move into managing and structuring and creating this business in phase one and phase two. And now you're moving into what does it look like to create assets? And now you've now you're going to master something else. So wrapping it up with everybody, you know, one, how they get a hold of you. Well, let's go there. And then two, you know, what can you say to people to wrap it up about you as an entrepreneur and winning in your life? 
So uh, to, to reach us, you can just go to seriously simple marketing slash the win, and uh, that'll take you to uh, the page and kind of learn more about what we offer and um, ask any questions you like there. Um, I, I think it kind of kind of wrapping it up. It really, from an entrepreneur standpoint, like I've got amazing respect for entrepreneurs. I think they are they are the warriors in the in the arena, and, and not to make it like it's a violent thing. It's just that it takes guts to do this, and it's it's hard. It's so hard, um, and and there's a certain type of person that just really loves that. And if if that's you, and if you're listening to this, and you're kind of like, and you're in that arena, and, and you're working, and you're building, and you're and you're in there, like that's that's just amazing. Um, and as you progress. From again, I'll, I'm hopefully going to say this 20 years from now to the me that's here now um, with that same rule. As you progress, look at your thinking and figure out if you need to level up your thinking. Like if what you're working on right now, like for the last few years, my thinking was just fine. It was getting me where I need to go. I was went from a freelance kind of guy to we're going to hire people to, okay, now I've got W2 employees, you know, and, and it's a real business all of a sudden. And I leveled up at that point. But my thinking, my current thinking had got me just fine. Now I got to level up and, and, you know, who knows how long from now I'll level up again. Uh, and I think that that's really what it comes down to is just making sure that it's, it's not a destination. It's the journey to kind of use the cliche and just to con mm-hmm. just look at what you're doing, look at your thinking, figure out, okay, is my thinking good right now or do I need to level up that thinking and, and just expose yourself to other things to do that. Like, that's how you do that. For me, that was the easiest answer. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be an expert in all this financial stuff. I'm going to expose myself to this world that I do not understand so that I understand it enough to talk to somebody who I can pay to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's really awesome. I remember, as, you know, you and I have someone in common, the Brattons, and um, mm-hmm. uh, I remember at a recent mastermind, they were talking about it and oh. how they did some structure, restructuring or whatever. And... Um, they talked about the details of it and they had a guy there. But the one thing that, that they said that Tim said at the moment that I thought, wow, he goes, hey, this year we finally turned a profit because they restructured some stuff, you know, whatever that yep. was and the tech stuff. So you have to be able to take it to another level. God, this is so good. I'm taking so many notes. Thank you so much for being no, here. No, happy to help. Thank you. It's been a, it's an honor to be a part of the podcast. Yeah, thank you for that. And just like, so you know, you, you t- talk about your um, monthly, you have a workshop Wednesday because I'm We do. Yep, we do. So if, uh, if you're interested in learning more about marketing and specifically around tracking it and optimizing it, uh, for those of you who are online uh, entrepreneurs, if you go over to our site, you'll see a thing called Workshop Wednesday. Uh, that's a program we do. It's free uh, where every Wednesday we have this webinar you can sign up for and watch live and we go into deep dive like here's how to use analytics or here's how to read these reports or here's how to set this thing up in Tag Manager so you can track a certain button or your sales funnel or whatever it is and we give those out and then we basically uh, let the replay sit there for a day and then we put them in a members area and that's how we monetize it. And so um, the actual, there's a monthly pass you could buy that you get access to all of the workshops we have ever done. So if you're just starting out on this and want to learn those tools, that's a really great program uh, a ton of value and there's lots of support we've got the kind of facebook group with all of your peers and then we've got direct access to our team so if you have a question over any of the techniques at all that we're covering you just can go right to the private member support and get answers and uh, move along your own journey of tracking and optimization tracking optimization which is really powerful by the way i mean it's you have to be able to track things to be able to grow things like your money. You got to have much money over the bank to be able to grow it, right? You got a dollar. Can't, you can't measure what you was. It can't match what you can't measure, right? That's mm-hmm. the saying. There you, can't you go. Me- you can't grow something you can't measure. Yep. That's the saying. Thank you, everyone, for being here. This is The Win with Heather Havenwood, and you're listening to us on Renegade Nation and the Talk Network and a bunch of other places and, and iHeartRadio and Google Play and iTunes and all the great ones. So thanks for being here. This is Heather Havenwood. You can check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood.
Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200, and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text sexy to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Text sexy to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments. Interview requests. Email media at sexybossinc.com or leave a private voicemail. 51 Boss is me. Again, the number is 512-677-4763. Check out all of Heather's sites. Heatherhavenwood.com Sexybossinc.com E2Lab.com DatingTriggers.com this is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.